Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Austin, Texas. What's poppin'? Happy Tuesday, everybody. July 18th, 46 days away until Texas football opens up with Rice at DKR. 51 days away until the Chiefs and the Detroit Lions kick it off for the NFL season. Jam-packed day today. Very excited from noon to three. A lot of sports talk. I'm feeling better than the NFL running back right now. That's for damn sure. Going to talk about a future Hall of Fame coach that's on the hot seat. Coach Anthony Williams will join us in the third hour to preview the high school event that they got going on on Thursday and talk about that a little bit. This is Chad and Zay on the horn, 1049-1019 AM1260. Or you could go hornfm.com, YouTube, Twitch. No Chad Hastings this week. Out on vacation with the family. Well deserved. I am Zay Collier. Welcome everybody. And we're gonna have guests all week. And guess who is back? For another day before he goes on vacation, let's see what he ate today. Maybe they had AC wherever he went to lunch. He is a Boston College legend, Pennsylvania legend. Brought Wiki Williams to the 40 Acres. Jeff George helped him go number one overall. And he's an Austin radio legend for over two decades Legendary Bucky and Aaron show. You can hear that every day from 6 to 10. Well, not the rest of the week because, again, he, he, I'm gone. he, he gone. He gone. I'm but gone. Bucky Gobbold's in the building. How you doing, Bucky? I'm doing great, Zay. Thank you for having me. Second day of two-a-days for me. Yeah, that's big, man. Yeah. How you I feeling? I days I feel great. You right? missed two-a-days. Yeah, I missed two-a-days. I missed, I, well, that I was a dark coach. time. That was a long, yeah. long time ago. How two-a-days work? Like back in the day, what was it like? First practice, first practice at like seven o'clock, seven oh, to to ten thirty or something like that, eleven o'clock, and then you'd you'd come back in. Well, the kids go rest and take a little snooze for like three hours, and then come back out and get back out there in the sun for a couple more hours. Oh, Just have it at the intramural fields. That sounds awful. What was that? What was that? Where were those intramural fields up there on forty fifth, forty six? Way the hell up there. I'd run back in the mornings, eh? Did morning, you really? Yeah, I do. I do my jog back. Okay. To UT campus. Look at you. Yeah. That's now what I'm I can't even about. jog to take the trash out. <laughs> can't even get that done. But you're gardening at least. I'm you're gardening. Out, you're outside. Yeah, I'm you're about I'm, to play golf tomorrow. I am. So yeah, I am. I'm gonna go out there. We're breaking that record. I think like 107 See, tomorrow. That's that's not very. Wise. I started hydrating this morning. Okay. I did electrolytes, Gatorade, big bottle of water. I'll do another big bottle of water today. Uh, another bottle of Gatorade. I do those three things. Those three, those electrolytes are, it's that's key. a must. That's key. Yeah, you can't just, going out there and drinking just water, for some reason, doesn't make you feel, it doesn't make you feel all that great. Because I don't like just water. I like ice water, you know? Yeah, why don't you get one of these Yetis, you know, one of these big-ass mugs and put like, ice in it. It stays cold the whole time. Yeah, that's exactly Eight what hours I need plus. To do. Thank you. I'll go put it, in, put it in the golf cart tomorrow, but yeah, I'm ready to go. Nice, nice. How was uh, lunch today? No, much better. I went to gyms. I didn't play around. Oh, okay. I went. To, I went. I didn't uh, go to Hector's. I went. <laughs> I went to gyms today. I, I really hope that place is called Hector. <laughs> I mean, if not, well, good grief, man. I mean, well, you you can't. That's I mean, close. <laughs> I mean, I went to gyms. Gym Bob's or whatever. I went to gyms today. Gyms is legendary, man. Yeah, I went to Hector's yesterday, and that thing <laughs> just about tore me apart. Because then after I left here, I went home. 
I took an hour nap and went to play poker at 7 o'clock last night. How'd you do? With the boys. I got hammered. Got grip. I was a little tired. Le- say the least, I was tired from getting up at 3.30 in the morning. Oh, come on. Don't, don't. I mean, I get it. That w- definitely is a tiring thing, getting up that early. I, I ain't do no, doing I don't it. do anything but sit on my butt. I mean, it's not. Yeah, but you still got to be on in poker. Like, you couldn't be yawning and stuff. Oh, they or could, they could see them. Your hands. They could see it in my eyes. Mm. How much you lose? I didn't lose but twenty dollars. It was okay. All right. That ain't nothing. No, that ain't nothing. No, I'll get it back tomorrow on the golf course. Yeah, man, Jim's. I haven't had Jim's in a minute, but the waffles with the dude on the hat. I guess Jim yeah. in the waffle. That was always good. Their breakfast tacos. You no, know, you know what's good? Even late in the morning, you get breakfast. Is grits? No lumps in them. Oh yeah. Still just you because know, I don't I don't mess with lumps in my grits. I don't play that. That's game. that North Carolina in you. Yeah, the grits, huh? Yeah, grit. I mean. When you're the oldest of eight, there was a time when grits was breakfast, and there were times you had grits at dinner, and you didn't even look. You just didn't say, oh, oh, grits. Yeah. What do you mean, with some more eggs? Are you really? A, are you a sugar or a salt grits I'm guy? just, I'm a pepper, pepper and butter. Pepper That's it. and butter. That's it. I don't put, I, I don't put salt on, only thing I put salt on is like a steak, before the preparation stuff. Our food has enough salt in it, so I don't salt anything. I don't salt fries. I don't. Add yeah, you salt. gotta watch them sodium levels. Man. No, man, I'm, I'm, no, I can't, I can't deal with that. Don't do it. I like pepper though. See, I grew up on sugar grits, but Ooh. you know, CC and Annie, they're mad country. CC being from Richmond Rosenberg area, so I grew mm-hmm. up on sugar grits in the morning. If we didn't have grits, my mom would substitute rice with eggs and sausage and bacon. Really? And stuff. Yeah, white rice. We put butter and sugar on that. Just. You know, that's very country, but that's some good eating right there. I can't even lie to you. Dude, I, I, I'm telling you, I, like I said, I've been through days. I've been through days being the oldest of eight that if you had grits at dinner, you just didn't even complain. If you had yeah. a meal at dinner, you didn't complain. I mean, I, I ate liver. I mean, I know oh, you're not a no. liver guy. Oh, no. I love <laughs> My mother made no. some of the best liver and, and you know, mashed potatoes. Like liver and liver, onions? Bra- liver, liver, onion, brown gravy. But I, I, I was not a fan of my mother's chicken. All these years, did she fry it or she fried it? But she left that little tin of blood like <laughs> on the bone. Oh no! And when I saw that, and mm. just as a kid, I just I wasn't a big fan of you know my other brothers and sisters. I said, "Eat it, eat that, or take mine." But I was not a fan of my mother's fried chicken. Now, to some people, they would say, "Oh no, you can't can't complain." I didn't complain. My mother's liver was good, and there are people that don't even think about eating liver. Yeah, I don't, you don't like? Where can you get liver? Lubies. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm you just get trying to think of And your jello like pudding. Hey, hey, hey. You can get that. Hit us up on the Specs text line, 512 337 3776. Let us know, people. Are you a sugar grits person or do you like the salt and pepper version? I and know any of y'all like it's liver? Either or. And it's going to be coming from the olds, but young folks, I mean, anybody in their, probably in, in their 30s, they're, they're not liver, yeah, liver people. That we did not grow up on liver. No, you grew up on like mac and cheese and stuff like that. That wasn't nah, a, no liver. Now you're right. You're right. You grew up on mac and cheese, yeah. and that was mac and cheese. That sometimes were still that was like dessert. A mac and cheese. I, I only time I had mac and cheese was the same time I. What do you mean dessert? Good, because oh, or Good Fridays okay. when we had fish sticks. Mrs. Special Paul's okay. fish stick. <laughs> you know, during Lent. Yeah, I'd have, every Friday we'd have fish sticks and French fries, and it, and the fries were those. Ones that you get in the freezer at the at the, at the HEB, hey, and you put good. them in the oven. That could be good. Things were still half frozen half the time because I wanted to eat. I was ready to go, yeah. but I could crush some Mrs. Paul's fish sticks with Mrs. some ketchup. Paul's I was ready to go. Sticks. Oh, they still make those. I feel like they do, huh? They do. They're still out there. Wow. Somebody on the Specs text line said Hawaiian style rice spam and eggs. Yum. Mm, I don't know. I about did spam. That. I did spam before. I did potted meat. I've done spam. I used to have potted meat sandwiches growing up as a kid to take to my lunch with my little with my little Superman lunch pail, you know, yeah. with Clark Kent on one side and Superman. I mean, I used to take that. Yeah, I'd take that an apple. That'd be it, man. You get you get a you get a potted meat sandwich. See, I, I'm I'm tripping because you said something about spam, man. Somebody said spam, uh, specs text line the Hawaiian style eggs with spam. That's what's the difference? I mean, I know the difference, but not much difference between like. Ham slash Canadian bacon and spam. Matters how you season oh, that thing are up. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it matters how you season that thing up. No man, spam is the bad side of the or the pig. Bacon is flesh on the side. The good, you know, 
near the ribs stuff, the good stuff. But some folks don't know how to, you know, season that thing up, you know, fix that thing right on the ham or anything like that. But some people, like Hawaiian-style Spam, that sounds good to me. I just never had Spam with eggs. No, I wasn't a big Spammer. You couldn't fool me. I mean, I, I've had everything from government cheese to, to powdered milk. I mean, my oh, mom used to try wow. to powder milk, and, and I used to drink pet milk. You ever seen a can of pet milk? You ever see that? <laughs> I have not. It says pet milk on it, and it is pure. It, it is thick. And then I got turned why off. Why do they really, call it pet milk? I don't know. I, I think that was just the company. But it was kind of uh, thick, thick white milk out of a can. Uh-uh. And you can, you can semi-water that down because it was so thick. But my mom just tried to fake me out with that uh, powdered milk, and you add water to it. I'm like, no. Well, that's why I don't drink that 2% milk because it reminds me of powdered milk. I drink homogenized. I'm still drinking regular homogenized milk. I'm back to doing that. Wow. I don't drink 2% milk. I don't mess up with stomach or nothing? Oh, dude, I'm, I'm, I grew up on that stuff. I grew up on <laughs> so? homogenized milk. I'm, no, I, I went back to it. I, I started to do the 2%, and then people told me how good that was for me. But there's no taste. There's nothing to that. It's water. You can see it's water. You can see right through it almost. Mm-hmm. But I go, I go now, I go back to regular old that milk, that homogenized milk. I get wow. that stuff. I it doesn't mess with my how stomach. Do you, yeah, I'm about to say, how do you not have the BGs and bubble guts? Well, everything messes with my stomach in my age. <laughs> See, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm referring to. Just well, that I'm lactose age. intolerant. I, I'm not supposed <laughs> to even. I'm not supposed to have ice cream. I'm not supposed to have dairy products. I'm not supposed to have any of that stuff. I mean, you know, you get in bed no. with me. I'm mean, gonna get the Dutch oven because I. I, my stomach. It's like somebody with skin t- cancer trying to get a tan or something. You eat, drinking milk, eating ice cream, and you're lactose intolerant. This don't make. I love no cheese. Sense. <laughs> I love cheese. No, no. I, I have some. I have some days and nights. I can eat. I can eat and do that stuff if I'm on the move. You know what I'm saying? I, like if I can. I can eat ice cream and then go out and do some things. What I can't do is before bed do these things where I'm about to rest my body. Supposed to rest. It starts making movements when it's gur- <laughs> just, it sitting. just gurgling and stuff at night. But I can eat I can eat ice cream in the middle of the day, you know, and still go about my business. And I, I just spam, man. Spam was nasty. I mean, I used to do uh, but sardines. But you didn't flavor it up or nothing? Like you oh, just had just out yeah. the can and that's it? Well, I put, back in the day when I was a kid, put some ketchup on some spam. Oh, but I, no, that ain't the way to go. Oh, did you ever have sardines out of the can? No, absolutely my not. My dad ate sar- sardines out of the can. And I used to, I, I partook in sardines, and I, you know, I don't mind them. I don't mind a little fish out of the can. I, I haven't even seen a can of sardines now. I don't even know if they have those anymore. You don't mind a little fish, huh? I don't mind a little fish, no. I, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not a big fried catfish. I, I, don't, I don't go and order fried catfish. Oh. I, do, I do cod and stuff like that. I like white, flaky fish. I don't like a lot of stuff Yo, that's... That's why Zion Williamson's so husky. All that catfish and stuff that he's eating down there at, in the boot in New Orleans and stuff. That's good eating to me. Now, I, I get it. I feel for Zion. I'd be right there with him having issues with my weight and stuff, especially if I'm heavy set and being in Louisiana eating entouffee and po' boys and stuff. There's somebody yeah. saying, oh, yeah, fried sardine sandwich. Oh, yeah, peel that can. I had a little ring on it and a little key on it and peel that back. <laughs> That stuff was delicious. That's nasty. That's what you feed to cats and stuff, no, man. No, man. My cats eat chicken roaster from the little, little roaster deal. My, check, my, my cats eat good. My cats have dry food, they have wet food, and then my wife puts chicken on from Costco's. The, the Aren't ro- they outside roaster. cats? Yeah. They and they deserve all that? They deserve all of that because wow. they bring me the big lizards, leave them up there, little birdies and stuff. They work. My cats are working cats. <laughs> they are. They're <laughs> They know how to herd them birds, get in that nest and get them away. Oh, man. Oh, man. People talking about fried gizzards on here. I y'all did, showing y'all's countryness. Yeah, real. I did gizzards. I did gizzards as a kid. I did, you know, I used to do chitlins. I used to do all that stuff. I just, I couldn't be around the house when they cooked the chitlins. I could come in when it was done at my grandma's house, and then I could, I could, I actually could yeah, eat those. Yeah, because they stink up the joint. They stink. They yeah. smell like doo-doo, and I could not be in there when they were cooking them. But I could be around the table when it was done. Yeah. But I I don't eat like that anymore. I, I tell you, I was I was on you know I like fish, you know because I spent all that time in New England and stuff. So I really like a good fish. But I for a couple of years ago I was eating tilapia, and then I saw something where the tilapia farms and what the tilapia were eating underneath the water. <laughs> and I, and Got a little like, scarred, huh? Yeah. People said you can't eat that. I said, well, all fish eat poop. I mean. 
The ocean is full of poop, isn't it? Don't fish poop? Don't they? Um, yeah, they yeah. do. And then a catfish, a bottom feeder too? Yes. Yeah, oh yeah, catfish, yeah, they're the catfish very anything, low on the totem pole. But the catfish will also eat uh, other fish. I mean, they, they eat other fish. They go after they go after shrimp and, and minnows and things like that. So they're not just always bottom feeders. They'll actually go after live bait. So it's probably better tilapia. That's on the farm, and that's just somebody nasted me out. Because I, I get nasty easy. If you nasty me out, I won't go back to it. Got nasty. I like squash, squash and okra. I used to be forced to eat squash as a kid. Don't eat it as an adult. Just barely, I can just barely get zucchini down. Just because you there's a texture. know where it came from well, or just because a, you grew up with it and you ate too much of it? I was told, that's it. You eat this squash or you don't leave the table. Yeah, that's usually how it goes. Yeah, and I mean, I was the kid who, the oldest, that when it went down, it came right back up, oh, right man. into my plate. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I, I can't eat squash to this day. I don't grow squash in my garden. I like zucchini. I like the big old zucchini. I like the zucchini. And, but I'm learning how to cook zucchini, but I can't do yellow squash. I, there's no way. When I see a yellow squash, it's like seeing a, that, the, the texture when it goes when it slides down your throat. <laughs> Yo, you're talking crazy. It's nasty. It's nasty. And okra. You said, okra a, lot, looks, you and said okra, a lot of questionable things, man. No, okra looks like snot. <laughs> Fried okra looks like like when you blow your nose. That looks like that's what fried okra oh, looks like. Man. So I can't eat that because I don't eat snot. Wow. I'm not a booger wow. eater. Wow. It just I don't I don't do it. So I can't I can't eat I can't eat okra. Now somebody swears they can make me an okra meal that I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Nope. So when it hit my palate, it's coming up. See, this is how I know you're talking crazy. When we start getting zucchini and different type of emojis and stuff like that. <laughs> that's, how that. I, that's how I know you're talking crazy. So, oh, man. This is a sports show, but yeah, yeah, thanks for coming on, Buck. Thank you, Definitely man. Uh, know what you like and dislike, and we'll get to that a bit later. But, man, you coach this position. The running backs aren't getting that value. It seems like all running backs have something to stay, and I feel them. I mean – the value of the franchise tag for it being at ten million, then you see linebackers getting twenty million, which wide in a receivers. way, yeah, wide receivers nineteen million, defensive ends nineteen million, cornerbacks eighteen million, tight ends they're the closest at eleven million. So I could see the frustration for guys like Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey. Did not sign that contract. Yeah, Josh Jacobs he didn't sign it either. Again, just mentioned Saquon, Tony Pollard. Cowboys looked out getting them on the franchise tag, but I think he understands with his injury last year, his value really probably Plus he's been declines. around Zeke. He saw what happened with the Cowboys with Zeke. He's yeah. not going to be no fool. He's going to take that money. Yeah, they can't mess up at all. So what do you think of just how these running backs are being well, valued? Did you when, ever see this coming when you were coaching guys like Ricky Williams and Priest Holmes, especially those the guys that they became when they got to the NFL? Well, no, I thought they were very valuable. They're, I mean, but the run game was more valuable too. At that time, Saquon Barkley, when he was, you know, when he got drafted in that first round and early in the first round, I, th- I said he's worth it. I thought he was, I thought he truly was worth it, only to find out three, four years later, not really. You know, I mean, he's, I don't know what he's going to do. I mean, I, I thought his value as a guy coming out of the backfield, running screens. I mean, I don't count all running backs as just running backs, just thumpers. I count some of those guys, when they come out of the backfield, if you can catch a damn swing screen, there's a lot of those dudes that can't catch. <laughs> you know, but for guys like Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, those those guys are they're valuable. You know, they're going to catch forty balls a year coming out of the backfield. They're they're receivers too. They're going to go one on one with linebackers where you don't have to bring another wide receiver in. You take them out of the backfield. They can do things that even receivers can't do because they can actually catch and run. Right. They don't catch and fall. They can catch and run. So he's going to he's this may be it if he ends up sitting. I can't imagine him sitting out the whole year, but. The talks with the Giants, I, I still got to believe. He's got $10 million coming to him now. Can't do anything about it. I mean, it's over with. It's over with. I mean, I, mean, I think that's going to be a divorce after this year anyway. Yeah, you know. the Giants. Yeah, and it sucks because like a Saquon Barkley situation, like a Josh Jacobs situation, Christian McCaffrey, when he was at the Panthers, maybe not so much at the 49ers because they have so many weapons with Debo and George Kittle, et cetera. But a lot of these running backs, they're the best players on their team. So when you got Saquon Barkley making 
10 million playing under the franchise tag and Kenny Galloway, who's been trashed for the Giants, that they let go and is going to make 14 million, 4 million more than Saquon is. And Galloway didn't give you nothing. And Saquon, without his injury, is giving you everything. That's, that's upsetting. And I could see their frustration. But again, to put another thing in perspective, if you look at the last 10 Super Bowl champions and the running backs that they had this past year, the Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco, seventh round rookie, getting over 700,000. Cam Akers with the Rams. All these guys are like, who guys? Who are these guys? That's yeah, probably but, what y'all thinking. Yeah. But Cam Akers, I mean, that, that dude is worth his money because his numbers tell you he's. He's a receiver, he's a running back, and he scores touchdowns. He's but at a this touchdown point, maker. though, at this point going into 2023, like, I don't know if he could give you that anymore. Like, he's done it for the last three years. He's found a way to do it for the last two years. His numbers are, are fantasy numbers. I mean, you you got to love him. I mean, he's, he's, he's just as much a part or as anything that you do offensively. But those sorry wide receivers from the Chargers that keep getting hurt, yeah. you know, when they're, they're not around, that dude is around for it. I think you're thinking Eckler. You're thinking Eckler. Eckler. I'm thinking Eckler. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, but yeah. That's, that's, the, that's the thing. Like, Eckler, I mean, yeah. Justin Herbert, he deserves the money that he's going to get. He's definitely one of the top-tier quarterbacks, but they haven't won nothing, though. Like, all that talent that they have, the wide sure. receivers who always get hurt uh, uh, with the Chargers and Mike Williams and uh, always hurt. Keenan Allen, they're always hurt, too. Eckler, you're right. He's very consistent, very reliable, but they don't win champions championships like Leonard Fournette when he was there with Tampa Bay they won it he he was getting paid over two million that's it like Damian Williams 2020 Clyde Edwards Hilaire uh Hilaire excuse me 2020 with the Chiefs like Sonny Michelle 2018 Super Bowl champions with you know the Patriots so you're not gonna run into many seventh round picks like it, what the what Kansas City got, and like, that's tough. Like it's everything is based on the quarterback now. Like there's a new Netflix show bug that came out that's just quarterbacks. called quarterbacks. There's no Netflix show called running backs. That wouldn't be as interesting. We want to know what happens to the most important position, not only in the NFL but in all of sports. And running back used to be that back in the '90s. Those Barry Sanders, Emmitt Smith, Terrell Davis. Well, Bijan better get his and keep his. He's the highest paid running back right now in the which NFL. Which is nuts. Hasn't played a snap. Get, get about to get paid thirteen million, hasn't played a snap. So like that's that's tough for guys who have got bad skins on the wall, like the guys who are about to sit out and Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley. Yep. Like I feel their pain, but also I get where the NFL's going. I mean, I think they that, feel like they get they feel like they're getting Bijan on the cheap even yeah. right now because and when that second time comes around, they gonna do them just like how these guys getting done. Yep. They'll have two guys. They'll, they'll split right. that money. And blame Bill Belichick. Like, it's very hard for me to, like, Sony Michelle. I was like, dang, I forgot about this guy. But back in 01, I don't remember their running back. I, I remember Kevin Falk. White and Sony Michelle. Yeah, they get those guys like, are on the cheap. They got, I've always had those guys on the cheap. And it was Belichick and Brady winning those Super Bowls and stuff. So it, it's a tough situation. And, yeah, I think that a lot of people aren't going to be trying to play Saquon is back. dead. He's mad. Yeah, he, This will be it for him in oh, New he York. Just, he said it is what it is. Yeah, which means he won't be back after this. He's going to be done. And you know what's crazy? Le'Veon Bell just said recently how he regrets how he did everybody in Pittsburgh. He said he, he, he apologized and said he should never have left to, back in 2019 when he was chilling and yeah, because didn't take that money that, that time, was thrown at him. Four and five million dollars is better than no million dollars when the time came up for him. When he sat out a year and get, didn't get anything. But even though he was one of the best running yes. backs in the NFL, they still had a Hall of Fame Plus he was a pass catcher. Yes, he was great. Yeah, he's a great pass catcher, a great receiver. So, yeah, until you start seeing running backs, like, take their team to the Super Bowl and win it, then the value, uh, it's just going to get worse and worse. And that's very unfortunate. But we got Bucky Gobble in the building. Chad Hastings is out for the week. I am Zay Collier. Chad and Zay on the horn. Chad and Zay. At 
Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome back to Chad and Zay. Little Stevie Wonder. Bucky Gobble in the building. Chad Hastings out for the week, but we're holding it down. Had fun talk early on. Little running back talk and a little food talk where... Buck, we got mixed reviews, which I thought we would. Somebody yeah. said, I'll take the salt and butter grits. Somebody else said, sugar, and white rice, and butter on point. <laughs> and somebody else also said, Buck, my country-ass wife tears up some liver loaf. She's 35. Woo, liver loaf. Man. I don't know about this. Is that like meatloaf, but liver instead? I don't know. Hey. Whatever floats your boat. But yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I uh, don't need those things anymore. What's up with you and, and Stevie? Were you Did you jam Stevie, Stevie back in the oh, day? For, yeah, of course. When I was in college, you know, the best of Stevie Wonder albums came out then. Songs in the Key of Life. I mean, it was just, they were it was fabulous then. Yeah. That was my, that was my stuff. That stuff, Marvin Gaye, of course. Oh, yeah. Bobby Womack. Oh, yeah. Classics. Oh, the classic stuff was good stuff, man. Yeah, that's good. Love making music too. It don't is. Sleep, don't sleep on that. I got some. Oh, I'll, 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 I'll do the Deep Purple if I have to. It ain't, it ain't, wow, ain't Deep nice Purple. Stuff. Yeah. Okay. Smoke on the water. Yeah. Hell yeah. Interesting. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I did see a Deep Purple concert at Allentown Fairgrounds. Deep Purple was the main attraction, but the band to play before them was Earth, Wind, and Fire. Oh, that was wow. before I went off to college when I became an Earth, Wind, and Fire fan. Is that before Earth, Wind, and Fire got big, or because they're opening? That was before people. they were opening. Yeah, yeah that was the opener. By the time I got that in college, it was on. Then, yeah, everything was all about Earth, Wind, and Fire. Man, what a time! I See, mean, I was just you know you were talking about running backs, and I was thinking about some of the guys that I, that I've coached and their value, and you know, from Boston College to the University of Illinois, I had one, two, three, four. Well, I counted. I my I kind of counted because I was I was a special teams coach. I was a punt return coach. Like it, I, I, I that coached, counts. Well, I coached Doug Flutie. Yeah, he was a, before he was a quarterback. He was a punt returner and Kelvin and, and Kelvin Martin. Kelvin Martin with the Dallas Cowboys. Kmart. Okay, Let, let's rewind Boston. a little bit. I'm sorry, I'm gonna cut you off. Yeah, before Doug Flutie, Heisman Trophy winner, had all those years in the NFL. Before he was a quarterback, he was returning punts for y'all. Yeah, as, did as he a, not come in as a quarterback? Well, he came in as a as a squirt. I mean, like a little squirt. We call that athlete nowadays. Oh, okay, yeah. That's, is, that, is that what they call him? <laughs> yeah, that's what they call him. Oh, they yeah. call him athlete. Well, he came in as an athlete. He wasn't recruited by anybody. Harvard, I think, was his biggest scholarship offer was to go to Harvard before he came to Boston College. And the only reason Doug Flutie played is because before we played University of North Carolina, he the, the starting quarterback was doing a drill one of kind of my stupid drills, you know, that oh, when geez. I first, because I was first starting to coach, but I, it wasn't with me. Drills that probably would be banned nowadays. Yeah, I mean, a quarterback would go and spin around his hand then reverse the ball in the other hand and spin around his other. This dude jammed his thumb. Jeez. The starter jammed his thumb, and Doug Flutie played against Carolina and never lost it, and that guy lost a job. Doug Flutie never relinquished the job at quarterback. After that, so was he, that, he was practicing as a quarterback? He was, was he no, he was, backup, he, was practicing. He, was, he was kind of the backup to the backup. And then you know you saw Third him, string. Yeah, you saw him. You saw him in practice, and he he had all of that. And he was a fantastic punt returner. You know, I had really good punt returns. I had Kelvin Martin, Doug Flutie, kid a kid that used to, still calls this show has a, a radio show down in Miami. Troy Strafford. Troy Strafford left Boston College as the and, and went to the Miami Dolphins. Was the rookie of the year. Uh, a coach kid named Steve Strahan was a fullback at Boston College for me. Played six years with the Raiders and Kenny Bell. He was a special team kickoff returner and running back at Boston College, played for the Denver Broncos. Mm-hmm. He was a dude who used to jump over people, like on kickoff. Like if there was a pile, dude used to go airborne and just get annihilated. Oh, that's a, <laughs> I mean, just a serious problem with him. He loved to jump over guys. I mean, I'm not talking about diving over. I mean, jumping like he was hurtling. Yeah. He used to get destroyed all the time. He destroyed at practice. I'm like, dude, if you leave your feet 
They're going to hit you if you're in the air. Oh, your head seriously has to be on the swivel when you're doing kick and punt returns. So I get it. And then I got to Illinois, and a coach kid named Keith Jones played for the Atlanta Falcons. Then, of course, Howard Griffith there. And then here, you know, with, um, by the way, Troy Stratford was my kickoff returner when I was coaching special teams. He was the running back, the starting running back at Boston College. I put him on the kickoff return. And the opening as kickoff. As a starter? Yeah. And, as, and he, mm, he was out for three weeks. <laughs> he returned a kickoff and came up limping. And I was like, uh-oh. Why did the head coach okay that? If he's getting the ball back then, I was a special probably team 30, 30 times a game, why does he need to get the ball an extra 34 on kickoff returns and punt returns? He was a good returner. It was very Don't important. I have nobody else? I could mean, have, I'm not saying that's the have, reason why he got hurt and anything could happen. It's football. But, you know, I don't like Xavier Worthy returning punts for this team. I just don't. I hope that's Jonte Cook, even though putting the freshman back there is a little risky. But, hey, he's, he's good enough. He's, he's got a scholarship. He's got a scholarship, he got right? scholarship, exactly. I don't care if he's a freshman yeah. or not. They talking about he looks exactly like Xavier Worthy. So, Xavier Worthy's freshman year, he showed out. Yeah, so I, would be, I expect I would, that for Jonte Cook. Yeah, I would be against putting my starter in these in this day. I've grown out of that stuff of putting guys back there returning. You know, I mean, if it's my wide receiver, I mean, when I was here, I had Mike Adams was returning punts. He was a starting wideout. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I got that. So I, I kind of understand about Xavier, but I don't need him running with I just need you to catch it well, and catch it, fall down. If it was Xavier Worthy healthy, sure. Broken hand? No. Xavier Worthy like we no. saw last year? Nah, I'm good on that, Sark. Like we, we can we can mix it up. We especially this year coming in, all the weapons that you have, I'm good with Xavier Worthy. Yeah, Ricky not Ricky punts. Ricky wanted to be a kickoff returner. Did he really? Yeah, he did because he was that kind of athlete. I mean, he was as fast as anybody. I mean, he was obviously as big as most of them. And if you wanted to come down, if you were willing to go down there and go bone on bone with him coming up through the, you know, through the gauntlet on a kickoff return, so be it. But no, I got out of that. I, I saw too many, I saw my running back yeah, that when PTSD. I first started coaching. Yeah, oh, I never I never did that stuff again. I just like, no. Get me somebody. If you got a scholarship, you should be able to catch a punt. Yeah. If you're an athlete, you should be able to catch a punt over a kickoff. I don't need you to break them for touchdowns. I just need you to run them up in there and get me to the 20. Right. That's it. Right. But don't get hurt and don't fumble. Yeah, and going back to these running backs who aren't getting paid, you know, these really good running backs that get used up so much before they're available for their next contract, like, and then they're around that 26, 27-year-old mark. Like, they don't want nothing to do with you at this point because they know you're going to decline. Like, that's just – it's just a fact of what you've seen. And – the rules show that, hey, we need a quarterback first. We need a quarterback to have a very good receiver so they can have chemistry. And after that, you right. can find a few running backs, you know, if we have maybe, undra- yeah, maybe undrafted or late in the fifth round, seventh round, again, going back to the Chiefs with Pacheco. Like, we talked about the executive scouts, players, and coaches rating all the running backs. Pacheco wasn't even a part of the list, not even honorable mention. That went to Rutgers. Rutgers. That's it. Like, what? No, you're, I mean, that, that's, that's once in three or four years a guy yeah. seventh round is going to be like that. Yes, and it's guys like that that are mucking up, you know, <laughs> what the value is for guys like Saquon and Josh Jacobs and – you know, it's it's crazy thing, but hey, that's the new age of the yeah, NFL. Yeah, it's not. It's not. They're they're not going to spend their money on running backs. That's not going to happen. That's why a guy like Bijan Robinson got it. You know, for the money that he's making right now, he's got he's got to do some special things, put his money away because, like you said, in three or four years, unless Atlanta goes every year to the playoffs, and and he still, I mean, he has no injuries. He's he's rushing for. 14 to 1,600 yards a year. Mm-hmm. He's catching 45 to 50 balls coming out of the backfield. Now, if after three or four years, you may say you won't, you're not going to pay him, but if his production is still in that area in, in three or four years and he is that super back, he's, he's like a Saquon Barkley or better than Saquon Barkley, you're not letting him go in Atlanta. If he got you, if he got you to the – if he gets you to – you know, if you win a division with him because of him and it's not going to be about – Tell you, that ain't enough. You better hoist up that Vince Lombardi trophy, like, and then still 
it'll be difficult for you to get that second contract and get up to 20 mil like all these guys are wanting. But I salute, you know, and this is hard for me to do because he's a Sooner, but I salute Joe Mixon, what he's doing with the Cincinnati Bengals. Like, he could have been on franchise tag Mm -hmm. or whatever, got 10 million, and he said, you know what, I'm with a Super Bowl contender. I know I have a lot of, like, I'm getting up there in age too, and – Big, we got Joe Burrow, strong, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. Physical. I'm only gonna take five million because yeah. I want to stay. I want to stay and see how this rides out. Like, not too many people could say, "Hey, we're in Super Bowl contention." The Bengals can, and Joe Mixon clearly he's gotten over his anger management problems. I had to give that sooner shot. Just you know, that's obvious. But yeah, I, what he did. So, hey, five million. Some guys got to do that. Some guys have to sacrifice if you want to win. Yeah, Saquon Barkley's already had lower body injury, so he's he's already had his bang Risky, up. Risky man. I know. Well, and, and for Joe Mixon, he's a stud of a, a physical specimen that still has the ability to make you miss. He has the ability to run you smooth over. He can pass protect. Where of course you got to pass protect for that quarterback. Joe Burrow, you can't be in there if you can't pass protect for that dude right there. Especially after he blew his knee out his rookie yes. year. You got to take care of him. So he's a guy who's, I, I mean, I I like a lot of stuff about Joe Mixon. I just think he's on that overall guy because he comes out of the backfield, he catches, runs screens, he does all those kind of, he does a lot of dirty work. Yeah, he does a he's lot. Part, he's but, part running back, part fullback. But at this point of his career, he shares carries. Yes. Like he's no bell cow, which nobody no. really is, like even the Saquons and Josh Jacobs. Nobody, but, the only ones like that is Derrick Henry. Yeah, and he just turned 29 yesterday. And that guy is an animal. Yeah. So, I, man, it's crazy with these running backs out here. A lot more sports talk. Bucky Gobbles in the building. I am Zay Collier. Chad and Zay on the horn. We'll be back. Chad and Zay. You think you think Chad would get this? No. No? Absolutely not. Not even close, huh? <laughs> Strawberry letter? You don't think he would get that? No, he definitely doesn't know anything about the Brothers Johnson. Good summertime music. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Who, who'd you used to see live back in... You would be surprised. I would see the Spinners. Okay. Out of Philadelphia, I'd see the Spinners. I, I started to listen to a lot of jazz. Once I got to college, though, the white dude who was beside me in the do- regular old dorm room, those cinder block dorm rooms, he played a lot of John Coltrane, a lot of jazz, and started playing stuff like Weather Report and and music like that. And I just used to think jazz was pots and pans. I. I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. I didn't dig it. I, it. It took me about two years. By the time I was a sophomore going into my junior year before I started liking, you know, Donald Byrd and, and music like that. Jazz yeah, you got to get like on that. your grown man stuff for that. You know, yeah, that going, was going straight into college. You probably still on. This dude was from Jersey. I mean, he yeah. was this little heavy set dude with long hair, but he was, he was into jazz all his life. You know, he was in the Jersey scene. He wasn't listening to Bruce Springsteen. He was listening to John Coltrane. Okay. And I didn't have a choice. That's soul. Because he used to blare that. I mean, that stuff used to matter. I'm like, man, turn that pots and pans crap off. Some stuff just beating on the side. I mean, no. <laughs> I couldn't get into it because I was, like you said, I was in the Shaka Khan. I was still, I was still doing, I was doing my- um, The funk. Yeah, I was into the funk. Yeah. Very much. And I was, Lionel Richie and his gang was going on. I was, I was in all oh, that. Oh, don't get me started on Lionel. That is Bucky Gobble. That's you here. I am Zay Collier. This is Chad and Zay on the horn, 1049-1019 AM1260. Chad Hastings out for the week on vacation. Well-deserved. Yeah, Buck, don't get me started on Lionel Peaches Richie. and herbs. Yeah, he, he, you know, him going, he's on tour right now with um, Earth, Wind & Fire. By himself, though. Like, again, you can never forget where you came from. That's my thing with Lionel. Like, where are the Commodores at? I know some of them still alive. Uh, some of them is dead uh, as <laughs> dead Commodores. That's so like, that's like when you start alive, asking for, though. That's like when people start asking about Gladys Knight and the Pips. Some of the Pips is gone. They're not pipping anymore. That's, that's different. That's a little different. Everybody knew Gladys was the star. I get it, Lionel. You're the star too. But the Com- Commodores, man, they had hits as a group. Well, they were fabulous, man. You know, no, you can't name nobody on the Pips at all. No, Junior or whatever, Bubba. Bubba, oh, please. I'm right. Make I had Bubba. Up. Name what? No, his name was Bubba. His name was Bubba. Yeah, her cousin was Bubba. 
I was one of them. Oh, so it was kinfolk in the group? Yeah, that was, that was a little kin, yeah. Okay. See, that's, that's looking out. But they don't hang out with her anymore. I mean, I, I see Gladys. I, I would see her at the Paramount Theater because she would come rolling in here once a year, almost like my guy, Andrea Buccelli, uh, who would come to the Moody. That's a whole other vibe. That's a different world right there. He's coming to the end of his deal. He's trying to get his son to play his music now. Yeah, someone asked me about Wayne McGarity, great punt returner, great kickoff returner. And I had to throw him out of my running back room when I came to Texas. Did you know? Just, just too many of them. Hey, that's how it happens. Just too many. I brought him in a room and said, hey, listen, it's, it's that time. I said, you're really a fantastic football player. You can do a lot of things. But, boy, you got great hands. You need to go over there, over there <laughs> to the wide receiver coach. You need to go with Cleve and go hang out with him because I got, I got too many carries up in this room between Priest and Ricky and Sean Mitchell. Wayne McGarity had to go. What did Makovich say? Oh, he didn't say anything. What I ran, do you I, mean? He I ran say that anything. room. That was my room. I ran oh, okay. that room. That was there was no deal. There was no big deal. I, he helped as a wide receiver. I mean, did he? he not, yeah, he was went good. to the Cowboys as a wide receiver. Absolutely. And played for some years with the Cowboys. But there was no talk with the head coach at all. Coach, he, he just showed up, and you, he was with the wide receivers now. Coach, Makovich. Oh no, I mean, I had to it. talk with the head coach first. I didn't, oh right, okay. I didn't, I didn't just run in there and tell him. Without telling the head coach, I just said, listen, I'm going to talk to Wayne because we don't have enough footballs here. Right. Ricky wants to carry. He wants to touch it all the time. Priest, if I don't give it to him, he's going to pout and be mad and jack me up at some point. <laughs> I mean, just jack me up. And Sean, Was he really a, like a hothead? Or I want to say hothead. But... That was a quiet assassin, man. Priest Holmes didn't say boo. Didn't say boo in recruiting. His dad was military down in San Antonio. I sat in that, in that house and just sat there. And I couldn't get anything out of Priest. Now, his pops did all the talking. Mm. And then Sean Mitchell, of course, went to Blinn. And nobody thought he was coming back here to Texas. And nobody thought he'd ever get a degree. And he's got a college degree from the University of Texas. That's big time. Make me happy right there. Yeah, that's the most important thing. Most huh? important thing. I have one player that played for me all the year. Anybody that's played for me for more than five years has a college degree. That was the first thing I went in their home to tell them. I'm going to get your son. I'm going to do everything I can to get them a college degree. Now, some of this is going to be on them because I ain't going to class for them, but one guy, and I chased him down, and it took him about eight years at Boston College to get his degree, and he was a knucklehead fullback. He wasn't wasn't going anywhere. How'd that work when the eligibility went up? Uh Uh-uh. Cone got to go back. (laughs) What do you mean? This dude's 25 years old. You were still hounding him? I hounded him when I was at Illinois to go back, get your college degree at BC. I mean, you're a smart enough guy. Get your degree. Tell your mom and dad you— you're gonna. I didn't say when you're gonna get it, but you got. I mean, it's Ricky Williams, same dude. I mean, Ricky never came. The first time I went to visit him, he never said, "I'm going to University of Texas to get a degree." He never said that. N- never said that once to me. He said, "I'm coming to Texas to win the Heisman Trophy." And I said, "Okay." Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> that's, that's how that. Con- seriously, that's how that conversation went. Well, you were thinking this fool ain't winning no Heisman. I did look at that film of him running as a. That's what I'm saying. You didn't see Hosman in the film. Ain't that your job as a also scout, oh, scouting these guys, recruiting? Them? I saw as the best running back I'd ever seen there on it is. In a high school tape. There it is. Hosman worthy. Well, I would say that was the second best high school person as a running back. Tony Dorsett. I got the playbook oh, yeah, and everything. That's was right. The best thing I've ever seen on a high school tape as a running back. Little Tony a, Dorsett. Oh, he was in a different world. Yeah. Different world. Different in high school. Different from all the kids in high school. Different when he went to the University of Pittsburgh and I was at Boston College. And I said, no, I'm not going to Pitt. I'm going to Boston. I'm going to the city. And he went up to Pittsburgh. And he, I mean, he's right from, right there, Aliquippa, PA. He's right there. He's, right. Might as well have been. It's like Dan Marino. They live right down the street from, you know, university. And he had it made in the shade from day one when he went there. He was untouchable. He was back with Earl when the, you know, with the tearaway jerseys. He'd go through about four jerseys a game, leaving bits and pieces all over the field because nobody could touch him. And he was small, too, the fact that he lasted. Yeah, he was probably, you know, I remember him saying he was at his, you know, they talked about him in in some of the documentaries that he was 165. I think he was close to about 170, 175 at his most. He was never over 180-pound running back in college. Yeah. But he was smooth. He used you could hear him, you could hear his footsteps patter on the turf when he ran. I mean, you could have a crowded, you could, it would be packed, but you could hear a little tap, tap, tap of Tony Dorsett going a hundy on you. Wow. 
And, you know, and, and when I got to be a player at, at Boston College and playing against University of Texas, it was Ray Clay and, all, and Lamb Jones and all of those guys in the secondary and wide receiver. It's, I've never seen a group faster than the Texas players when they came and played at Boston College when we beat them 14 to 13. I've never seen anybody so fast on the football field that the te- those guys at University of Texas. Ray Clay then came and played for the New England Patriots for a bunch of years. He was the biggest, fastest man I've ever seen. Really? Just, he was like Eric Dickerson playing defense. I mean, <laughs> he could fly. And Lamb Jones and those guys. Was he guys, checking you? No, he wasn't checking me. Oh, okay. A little slot guy. I don't know what he was. <laughs> what do you have Wasted just... him on me. <laughs> they probably, they probably put him on Bell returner, Briggs. That but, makes sense. Yeah, but he, he was a kickoff return. Those guys were kickoff returners. And they did the kickoff where they would catch the ball, run back and turn their back, and guys would come from different directions. Yeah. Man, they returned a kickoff at my stadium of about 34,000 down the sideline. Nobody even touched the shirt of a guy. He came right down. I was standing on the sideline. Like, here he comes right here. I said, can any, any kid from Feeling Boston that Boston, wind? I just felt the wind. He just yeah. went right back. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. I love going untouched, guys going untouched into the end zone. Before we get to the crap bag, you probably like this bug from the Specs text line. How much dick work done way? That's not funny. <laughs> Warwick Dunn was probably one. Uh, another one. one He's probably one seventy-five in high school. Oh man! Uh, hey, yo, look. You as had, good as Warwick Dunn was, he was not as he was not. He didn't look as good as Tony Dorsett did on the on the hoof as a running back. And what you know, Bobby was paying them at Florida State. Y'all couldn't compare to that. Y'all, y'all weren't on that. Level. We were, we were in there. We were in there. But you know, I wouldn't get on that. You want to get on the flight? Yeah, I got no. That's I was a problem. On, the problem was I was on the flight. You know, I did make it to Warwick Dunn's house. Okay, to visit him and his mom. It wasn't like I never got there. Okay, I, never I just knew didn't that. get there on that important night. Ah, see, that was a very see important that, night. Yeah, yeah. Because I was going with Bobby Jack Wright on that private plane, mm. and the guy said, "What do you think? Turn around." I said, "Oh yeah." Wow. Yep. He goes, "Well, we can't go around this, and we can't go through that. What do you think? What's best?" And I was like. Best thing for me to do is live another day. Work done will be around tomorrow. I'm about the guy on that flight. I know that, damn it. I know that. Let's get to the crap bag. Chad's crap bag. Crap bag. If you need an easy way to remember it, just think of a bag of crap. Shout out to Tom McKay, who called us yesterday. Appreciate that, Tom. By the way, we're going to leave the... We gonna leave the calls on right now. We are gonna leave the line running. We Get gonna out of let's here. leave some calls on. Why not? We gotta lose. Well, we got to lose. Hit us up if you want oh, to call in. I know. In, I ain't got something. nothing. Hey, <laughs> let me tell you right now. Right up in here on this microphone, I ain't got nothing to lose. <laughs> exactly. How do they you say your call in, How do they say your days are numbered? I ain't got a damn thing to lose. If you want to call in, chop it up with me and Buck, hit us up at 512-447-3776. Hit us up on the Specs text line. Do not call the Specs text line. It's a difference. 512-337-3776. The crap, pa- crap bag brought to you by AV Consultations. Hit up Tom and the crew at 512-255-8678 or go to avconsultations.com. Buck. I never thought this would ever happen, but Bill Belichick is on the hot seat. Apparently, uh, people close to Belichick feel like his job is up for grabs if the Patriots don't have a good season. And the AFC East is one of the toughest divisions in the league, especially Mm -hmm. with Aaron Rodgers coming over with the Jets. If Tua's healthy, look out for them. Jalen Wilder and Tyreek Hill, who's talking about going over 2,000 yards. And then you got Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills, who've been running the conference for the last few years ever since Tom Brady left. So, how can you not pick the New England Patriots to finish last in this division? The Pats haven't won a playoff game in five years, even though Belichick has six rings. Since Tom Brady has left, he has failed to win a playoff game. And the last time they were in with Mac Jones, they got the brakes beat off them by yep. the Buffalo Bills. So, yeah, you know, Bill Belichick, I mean, and, and New England fans are kind of fickle. They're real spoiled. They've been spoiled by the Celtics, the Bruins. The Boston Red, they've been spoiled, and they're, they're used to winning. And, you know, that that's like, what have you done for me lately deal, you know, especially with the New England Patriots. And, and Robert Kraft is used to winning, too. He used to be in parades and all that stuff. And he's had a couple of years, I mean, since Tom Brady has left, it, it's, he's not very happy, and they need to fill up the stands there. 
and they don't have they don't have it they don't have that player. Yeah, they don't have it. They've got a they've got a a, a conglomerate of pretty good defensive players because Bill Belichick can coach defense. He can flat out coach defense. And that's the thing. Some of the decision making yeah. has been very questionable on when the coaching. Bring, yeah, the coaching. When you bring in somebody to coach the offense that's the defensive minded guys, that doesn't make sense, Bill. Well, and, he's trying to tell you he knows what's best about everything to do with that team. Yeah, and he's gotten away with it because Tom Brady's been there. Exactly. So that's you know one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest. That's hard to lose, no matter if you're Bill Belichick or not. I mean, remember when Phil Jackson went to New York to be in the front office, and he tried to bring the triangle offense with mm-hmm. him, and he was wondering why is the triangle offense not working? Well, Phil, you don't have Shaq and Kobe or Jordan and Pippen. That's why the triangle offense isn't working. I love Carmelo Anthony and Amari Stoudemire, but those guys aren't Shaq and Kobe or Pippen and Jordan. It's a difference. It doesn't matter if you're a, as good as a coach you could be. you got to have dudes. you got to have star players to win championships. And yeah, I get Belichick being on the hot seat, even though I didn't think this day would come. Yeah, but I don't know if it's, if, if it's a hot seat. They, they will get him into forced retirement with a nice severance pay on the way out the door. Oh, yeah, they're going to treat him right. You know, they're going to do the right things for him, but it's it's going to be one of those, it's, t- it's time, Bill, it's time. Yeah. Those are really pretty rings, but see those stands over there, that whole section, there's nobody in that section over there. He's 71 years old. So, I mean, I... And still coached pretty good defense last year, too. Yeah, yeah. And they need some, they need some stars, and they can't do it the old way like they used to. They need stars. They need to, they need to get... To get people, they need to make a splash high, or like the Jets just did. Yeah, Mac, Aaron Rodgers. Mac Jones is the worst quarterback in the division. That doesn't mean that he's bad. I think you could win games with Mac Jones, but when you play Aaron Rodgers, Tua, and Josh Allen twice a year, that's it makes sense. Why Plus, they haven't struggling. had a Gronk, they haven't had a Randy Moss, they haven't had those guys, those kind of guys in forever. Yeah, they even when they win and they had studs that played exactly. If you're somebody like Nuke Hopkins. Why would you go to New England? First of all, he's not a New England guy. I think him and Belichick would butt heads. And plus, you mentioned Bill O'Brien yesterday. Like, that's an issue going back to the Houston days. But you know Bill Belichick's on the hot seat, too. So how long is he going to be there? You know, you can't trust things like that. So Tennessee, that makes more sense. But our number two coming up. Shout out to Bucky Gobble for joining me today on Chad and Zay. I am Zay Collier. This is The Horn.